fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try Hey everybody and welcome to episode number 55, Double Nickel, I'm pretty sure. Season number three, Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Road Street Journal. We're paving your way, we're your lead blocker to fantasy excellence. That doesn't mean that we personally will be achieving fantasy excellence. I just want to be really clear about that. Uh, I'm in a bad place right now. My, my, my season pretty much is over. It's been a wash of a fantasy year for me. Uh, I could have played my way into my hometown league playoffs with a win. Didn't show up. Uh, I'm just pretty miserable. Uh, I also lost uh, to the Wolf in the RSJ League, and I'm going to admit something mm. that I'm embarrassed to admit, which is that I didn't even know that I lost until about five minutes ago because I had not even looked one time because I was so— You fucking lose I was so <laughs> devastated, and I'm still just so devastated. Like I'm, yeah. It's, it's going to take everything that I have. I mean, the playoffs weren't in the line on the line in RSJ. I'm going to the playoffs as the number one seed. I hate losing to the Wolf, obviously, but I'm just I'm so down. I mean, it's like it's a chunk out of my year. We spend a quarter mm-hmm. to a third of our year playing fantasy. Everything I was playing for, I had a chance to go in as the three seed, and instead I'm on the outs, and uh, I just feel terrible. And uh, for those of you still tuned in after that minute long tirade, my name's Nat the Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. Wolf, uh, I know you beat me. Or I know that as of five minutes ago in the Rose Street Journal League. Uh, how was the rest of your week? If you think the uh, expression "misery loves company" applies to life, then get a load of this one, Nat. Not that they need to hear two two oh, rants God. about teams they don't care about, but you you want one better than this, all right? So, and uh, one of my uh, so one league, my main league, I was knocked out two years ago, uh, two weeks ago. But then another league, you know, I'm going to make it in three out of five, it was looking like, because I was in ninth place in one of them. But then suddenly on Sunday, I, I had this, like, 1% chance of making the playoffs, right? Like, I needed three teams to lose. I had to outscore the top one by 30. I already one of those know situations. where you're going with this, and I feel and terrible. It, it absolutely happens. I, You know, all three of those teams lose. I'm like, holy fucking shit. I, and my team blew up. I, I was, out, you know, outscoring that top team by 30. And I was cruising up 32 going into the, the night game, Sunday night football, facing the last place team. They only had Keenan Allen and oh. Jesse James left. Oh, only Keenan Allen, huh? <laughs> right. I mean, and obviously, as long as you know, he doesn't get targeted 19 or 20 times, you'll probably yeah, be fine. Uh, holy fucking shit. And, and so, you know, it comes down to literally uh, I'm bleeding it out the entire game. Just like, holy fucking shit. Holy fucking shit. Is this going to happen? Jesse James catches his first ball of the day in the fourth quarter. Yeah. To get it within like two and then there's four seconds like i think left on the clock keenan allen catches one last ball and i lose a hundred just to fuck you in the ass a hundred but get this 103 to 103.08 not even a full yards worth of points nat not even a full yards worth of points so to have all that impossible odds happen the most beautiful scenario of all just like the fantasy gods are giving me a gift my goodness i'm gonna make no, it no they hate you they hate you they literally they just wanted you. me to fucking cry. And, right. and worst of all, this last place loss was to my my father, my 
My oh, dad, God. that was in last place. I think it was one in 14 on the year. Just a fucking pathetic team. And Keenan Allen just decided to bury it right into my butthole on the Sunday Night Football. One of the worst, maybe actually not one of the absolute worst fantasy beat I've ever had in my life. Devastating. Just heartbreaking. So yeah. we're in the same place. Yeah, today. yeah, yeah. You took that one balls deep. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Know. So maybe that yeah. makes you feel just a little bit better to know. I mean, we're, it made me a little bit. I mean, I've had some, <laughs> I've had some awful ones before, like specific game situations like that. It's just demoralizing. I mean, I'm generally speaking, overall, probably the best consistent performer in that league. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been in it since the beginning, and it just really hurts to not make the playoffs, especially when you're the number three team going into the week, and you just. No, and my, I was full strength. I mean, my guys didn't show up, and I'm just—I'm yeah. so, so pissed. Anyway. This is giving me just a quick idea too. I, maybe some good can come out of this. If any of you are in similar, just awful beat situations, and it helps you to unload it off your chest, you want to call the wine line, RotoStreetJournal.com/slash/wineline, or just submit your story over a DM. Uh, I see maybe fancy tragedies being a segment someday in our future, and maybe we can start it off right now because we both have ours. We'll gladly play yours over the air if it makes you uh, a cathartic experience to purge yourself of a tragedy. Let us know if you have one that rivals what we're both going through right now. I feel like there's two stories that we need to touch on before we get into the typical risers, fallers, <laughs> penny stocks, injuries stuff, and we'll, we'll bust that out fast. So for those of you that are still in and have any interest at all in watching the Washington game, we'll make sure that you get there on time. Uh, you know, now it's like, you know, you probably couldn't pay me enough to watch the Washington game, but we'll see. What I want to puke, yeah. I'm so angry. Anyway, uh, Mike McCarthy finally gets the hook. Uh, you know, about pro- probably about two and a half, three years too late. But anyway, uh, <laughs> he got the hook. We'll see. I mean, the, the Cardinals beat Green Bay and Lambeau. I think when that happens, uh, yeah, it's pretty much time to get rid of whoever's in charge of the operation. This has been boiling over for literally three years, probably. Um, exactly. The, and know, they say we, it was a surprise, too. I, it said not, McCarthy did not expect it. Like, what the fuck are you expecting at this point, dude? He must Seriously. have just thought he was just bulletproof, which is ridiculous. It's like, uh, you know. It's like teachers getting tenure, you know, and it's like once you get it, it's like whatever. It's like, you know, when we worked together for years and years, it's like, you know, we can get rid of us anytime. Like we work there because we're doing a good job. And if we're not doing a good job, you can get rid of us if you want. Like the way a lot of it is with a lot of people is like, oh, you, I got tenure now. I can just like do whatever I want. It's like this yeah. guy felt like he was bulletproof like forever. And, and I think so, he was as close to bulletproof as you could possibly be. It would take something as pathetic as losing to the Cardinals uh, to make this actually happen. I mean, he's happen. an objectively and, pretty bad coach. Oh, he's a horrible coach. He's absolutely awful, and he's gotten a, a long leash because he has one of the better quarterbacks to ever play this game. And he also had Favre right before it. So, I mean, he's been afforded some undeserved leash. And, of course, you see reports like, oh, Mike McCarthy, one of the hottest candidates. The Browns are already lining up at the door. That's such a Browns fucking thing to do. John Dorsey, please. Please, for the love of God, don't be so stupid and ruin this Baker Mayfield great, fantastic setup you have for the future. Bruce Arians has come to your door and said, I want to coach there. Why would you not go with the guy that has a humongous track record of sex th- success, developing incredible quarterbacks and great offenses, who wants to keep the staff you already have there? Uh, it just makes no sense to me that the Browns are trying to line up to get It Mike makes McCarthy. perfect sense. The Browns are fucking the idiots. Browns. Yeah, the fucking makes Browns. Perfect sense. Make I'm surprised. Perfect sense. I'd put it like at 20% they hire Hugh Jackson back next year just because they're so stupid. You know, oh, yeah, maybe we didn't give him enough of a chance. Let's bring him back <laughs> through this place. 
Unbelievable. Anyway, unbelievable. So that's the first story. Inspiring. And it'll be interesting. I mean, again, this is going to be one of the most interesting coaching carousels we'll we'll have in recent memory. You know, an Aaron Rodgers open job, uh, an upstart young rookie quarterback that's looking like he could be a real franchise with the Browns. These are some really juicy situations. So who knows who's going to land there? But you know, of course, the Roto Street Journal, the king of the coaching carousel guide, will be there giving you every fantasy implication when it happens. So it's going to be a great offseason. I'll be back on my feet by then. I'm, I'm, there's going to be like a month or so of heavy drinking. I feel bad we could even go through this podcast. I can tell you. No, it's like, okay. Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm a, I'm the, I'm a consummate professional. <laughs> this is me last week when I was just said like every word. Yeah. Felt like I, and, I mean, and, and you know, look, was it tempting to like call in sick? Of course, but I'm not of that course. kind of guy. I'm, I'm <laughs> the real deal when it comes to podcast hosting. Last one that we'll hit on. And I mean, obviously very disturbing story. We're going to talk about it simply in fantasy context. I mean, talk about something that appeared on our radars and then blew up like to nuclear bomb level in like the span of an hour. And of course I'm talking about Kareem hunt where, you know, video services from like almost a year ago, by the way, of him in a dispute in a hotel in Cleveland where he's like first pushing a woman and then they get into it. Then he comes out and hits someone and they knock her over. And then he like kind of kicks her when she's on the ground. And I mean, you know, it's a bad look. It's bad, bad stuff. And I mean, then like pretty much immediately, the guy is put on the commissioner's exempt list and then is released by the Chiefs. I repeat, he is no longer on the Chiefs. Like their star running back released very quickly after this came out. Of course, there's plenty we could talk about as far as when do we think the NFL knew? When do we think the Chiefs knew? All that good stuff. Uh, Whether we think it was the right move to do it or not. Uh, We're really just going to talk fantasy on this. I mean, obviously, we could talk about the other thing for a long time. I'll just leave it as like what the guy did is obviously not okay. I don't feel like I'm, I'm, uh, you know, even doing much of a hot take there. I mean, what a disgusting way to act. But, you know, obviously that changes the league's one of the league's best offenses, maybe the league's best offense a lot. Mm -hmm. And we saw Spencer Ware coming in. And I personally didn't buy into the whole you can plug Spencer Ware in for Kareem Hunt and just have him be. You know, similar to the Eckler thing, which I also didn't really buy into. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the, st- the guy got carries. He scored a touchdown. But it, it's a real step down, you'd agree, right? Of course, yeah. And I don't think anybody would ever argue it's just like immediately plug in. The, the offense is so explosive that it can support RB1s, regardless of the talent drop-off, which is significant. Kareem Hunt to Spencer Ware, <laughs> a, a clear talent dropped off, uh, drop-off. And if you ask me this weekend, though, going into it. I was the top three guy Kareem Hunt was, but low end 11, 12. Uh, That's how I entered the weekend feeling about Spencer Ware. And just uh, we'll cut this guy off the followers now. He was one of the guys we're going to talk about. And to me, his value took a decent hit because he had a juicy prime opportunity against the Raiders. Raiders. 14 carries and only got 47 yards off it. So under four yards of pops did fall into the end zone, but it took multiple tries for him to do it. Had uh, one catch for five yards, just a meager 12 fantasy points against the Raiders. Nothing to write home about at all that was a very disheartening uh game and after the game all the sideline reporters evan washburn was saying andy reed told him he wants a three-headed committee between Ware, damian williams and then an undrafted free agent uh darrell williams and then they just bring in charkandrick west today so everything's already stacking up against uh spencer where his first start didn't go great he got you some serviceable numbers but wasn't anything to write home about and now the schedule gets brutal he's got the ravens next week and just two other tough games the chargers on deck it just to me this was going to be the best game 
you're going to get out of Spencer Ware and to only get 12 points out of it was very disheartening. So, uh, yeah, you can have him in at RB2. He'll still be a, a 12 to 15 carry guy with a great touchdown bet every week because he's in such a good offense. But now you know you're just getting – it's a very, very significant down downgrade from Kareem Hunt. And Kareem himself – just uh, just as we started this podcast, bro- the news broke that he went unclaimed through waivers. So no team has taken that shot. Nobody willing and, yet to and, take that. And PR why would hit. why would they? I mean, he's on the uh, exempt list. You know, right? Like, exactly. Um, and but the reason maybe you do is one, the guy's obviously a, a ridiculous free town. Of course, made some horrible decisions. Nobody's justifying that or, or saying he's he, anything off the field was was worthwhile. Of course not. But the guy is an elite workhorse in this league that's under contract for very cheap money these next two years. Considering he's still on his rookie year deal as a third round pick, you're getting yourself a, a you know a Le'Veon Bell light for maybe like ten percent of the cost at this point if you signed uh, Cream Hunt. But yes, we don't. Don't know what the punishment's going to be. The original speculation: six games for next year, and then they're saying there might be more because there was other assault, uh, assault involved, or maybe even a separate incident. There was uh, not with a incident, woman, yeah. but with another with another guy. So clearly, this was a pattern of behavior. It sounds like they're going to come down pretty hard on him. So at that point, yes, it makes sense. No team's taking a shot yet till we know what exactly uh, Kareem Hunt's going to be off the field for dynasty leagues. It becomes tricky depending on how many spots you have on your bench yeah. to, uh, to be able to withstand this blow. Because if you go somewhere like the Colts or the, the Eagles where they need a true future back, there could be some nice 2019 value late down the stretch for him. Yeah. Uh, but for now, it's just obviously you cut him now. He's got no value this this standalone season, uh, and, and speculation is all you have right now with Dynasty. All right, we're going to get into risers, fallers, all that good stuff. Big opening from us. we got a lot on our minds. Uh, we're going to push it's through this. One. Yeah, it's been a tough, like we said, it's been a tough week. Uh, <sighs> Tariq Cohen, tops on the risers list. Uh, I mean, you know, most according to Next Gen Air, like uh, you know, the yard their stats were I mean, unbelievable. I mean, in the most in three years, we saw something like that: twelve of fourteen targets for like over a buck fifty. Yeah, absolutely. Insanity that in three years, no running back has had over 80 air yards. And this week, Tariq Cohen had 118. Uh, so the most by a, a solid, healthy amount. <laughs> in over three years and that's just the the role we were i mean maybe not to this level but we were talking all about how this summer matt nagy loves throwing to the running backs we've seen cohen lining up in the slots streaking down the field on vertical routes which i think was the biggest note that's really panned out is he's running just deep ball like tyreek hill style routes in this offense right now and he's the one panning out 14 targets doubled the next closest guy and alan robinson the big free agent acquisition had seven uh, or so you know Five more than him, I believe, was the number. So unbelievable. 156 yards through the air, uh, 30 on the ground. And, yes, Chase Daniels kind of played into that, even leading into the game. If you watch the the Sunday tailgate, me and CJ uh, very clearly stated out that 35% of Chase Daniels' targets last game went to Tariq Cohen. He targeted the running back fifth most of any quarterback in that one start. And, obviously, that carried over to even more triple full. It wasn't even close how often Chase Daniels targeted running backs this game so Cohen moving forward even if it's Chase Daniels or there's uh, Mitch Trubisky the clear-cut only matchup proof guy in this offense the clear-cut back that you want to own the best fit for Nagy's explosive pass heavy screen heavy system uh, he's been unbelievable this year we thought he was going to be great and he's even exceeding my expectations moving into next year you got to consider this guy uh, a top three round pick in my opinion at least yeah I could see him as a third rounder definitely um, all right another guy that you know whose stock has 
gone up pretty much all year and is mm-hmm. you know maybe leveled off but if, if nothing else maybe even going up more and i mean this is a guy that's going to be drafted high next year unless something really changes and that's the workhorse back of the denver broncos philip Lindsay, who had another huge game i think 19 carries a buck 57 and a touchdown uh, against the bengals sure but it's not like he hasn't been showing up before this he's been money in the bank for a good while now yeah, actually, two touchdowns now. Two. An unbe- unbelievable fantasy day. One of the highest scoring running backs of the day. The clear cut at this point, waiver wire pickup of the year, in my opinion. He's an RB one that you got for literally nothing. You got if you were smart enough to pick him up in week one. And I'll admit, I wasn't a believer. I just was like, who the hell is this creature? And then I finally watched his tape because a lot of people are like, too good, low right? on this guy. And holy shit, his feet are fast as fuck. The guy is explosive as it gets. He's a small guy, but it works in his favor. Kind of like the MJD low center of gravity. Uh, my buddy told me he has a black belt in Taekwondo, so he's got that tough kind of physical he's body. He's a Denver just, guy, too. He's a, a local Denver, Denver guy. guy. I actually saw him play. I went to Boulder when I visited my buddy uh, two years ago, and Boulder faced uh, USC, and he was the one guy that popped off the field for the Buffaloes. Uh, so, so I mean, this guy is a ridiculous talent uh, that just went completely unnoticed with the draft because he's small, but nobody's unnoticing now. Uh, you know, this guy is an absolute monster, a true RB1, uh, and, and we just keep getting mailbag questions. Do I play Philip Lindsay or like Tyler yes. Boyd? Yes, it, you play Philip Lindsay. Stop these questions. There's no more. Who are your other questions. running backs that you're Never even been. asking this question? Exactly. We've told you every single week it's Philip Lindsay. It's been the Philip Lindsay show. But I mean, these last three weeks, he's the highest scoring running back over that span 24, 17, 28 points in his last three. And then look at the schedule, Nat. San Fran. No, the the Broncos have got a cake. The Broncos could go 10 and 6. And Oakland, San Fran, Cleveland, Oakland, with bleed the clock scenarios, uh, everything is coming up in spades for clear cut waiver wire one pickup of the year. The only note I will say uh, to add to this is Royce Freeman getting dropped in a lot of leagues, and I get it. Royce Freeman is not the guy anymore. It's Philip Lindsay's backfield, and there's no doubt about that. But with that schedule just so juicy and with these injuries piling up at running back, Royce Freeman immediately becomes one of the best handcuffs. So if somebody has dropped him, you've got to remember it's cuffing season. As Spencer Ware just taught us, as this James Conner scare we're going to get into later has taught us, it is cuffing season. And Royce Freeman moves up to the top of the list given how run-heavy this offense is. And that schedule, he would be an RB1 himself because he's looked good. It's just Lindsay's been that much better. I'm going to give you one other nominee for waiver pickup of the year because Philip Lindsay's a great one. But I got a guy uh, for nothing in the middle of the year named Nick Chubb that was also a pretty damn good pickup. Now the difference is difference is Philip Lindsay's been going all year, but and, and Chubb was what starting in week six something like that week five. But I'll tell you what, since I've had him, I mean, you know, twenty point a game guy like for nothing, it's been all right. Yeah, no, he's he. If there's a runner up, it would be him. Those two will battle it out. Because, yeah, moving forward, I mean, Chubb, that concert, yes, it wasn't all year, but in a barrel from here to the rest of the season, as good as Lindsey's playing, he, I'd still right. probably rather have I'd Chubb. I'd probably rather just, have Chubb, just, too, which is yeah. maybe stupid. Maybe, or maybe we're still not giving Lindsey <laughs> yeah, enough know, credit, right? you know? Tyler oh, Boyd, man. our third riser. But Boyd pulled in six of eight targets, 97 yards in the Bengals' week 13 loss to the Broncos. This is another guy that just pretty much consistently gets it done, even though, like you said, we're still going to get questions. Hey, should I play Tyler Boyd? It's like, yeah, you really should, unless your two starting receivers are like Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, you should probably be playing Tyler Boyd. 
And the reason he is on this riser list, just I mean, he's been getting it done all year, so it's the the reason he finally pops up yet again. Uh, and what's different here, and what two boxes he checked off for me this weekend were one, can you get it done with Jeff Driscoll? Well, two games with Jeff Driscoll have been his best two over the last four weeks: right. 18, 12.7 in those two games. And the second box, can you get it done without AJ Green? Well, both of these games have essentially been without AJ Green. He played for a, a quarter before re-injuring himself this last game, and Boyd once again stepped up and shouldered the entire passing game. Now, Driscoll averaging only 6.2 yards per attempt. Pathetic. It does cap the ceiling a little bit, but it also plays into the floor so much because that's Boyd's area of the field, the dink and dunk, the intermediate, the slots, the third down conversions. That's where Boyd makes his money. That's where Driscoll feeds. Uh, So right now, Boyd, a clear-cut locked in rest of season, high-end wide receiver too, in my opinion, with a nice, juicy schedule as well. And I'll I'll admit, and a horrible call on my part this weekend, I was so high on Josh Reynolds, who got 2.9. 2.9. It was goddamn embarrassing. He's the one of the guys that cost me that fucking .08 loss. I needed literally one yard from him. One yard from anybody else on my team, and I win that game. Regardless, uh, a lot of people did ask me Boyd or Reynolds, and I just said I couldn't trust Driscoll at quarterback. Well, I guess you can have faith in Driscoll if it's a Tyler Boyd type of day. All right, we're going to do some rapid-fire honorable mention risers, guys. We've already mentioned a couple of these guys, but we're going to hear mm-hmm. what the Wolf has to say, uh, you know, one Real after quick. the other here. Uh, Travis Kelsey? 12 of 13 targets, 168 yards, two TDs. It's a no-brainer. <laughs> like 50 points or something? <laughs> absolute clockwork, and uh, it's my regret to be so high on Pat Mahomes going into the year and not own Kelsey in every single league. It's devastating. When you're that often in the red zone and you got a 6'7 big body that can catch the ball well, it's a no-brainer that Kelsey's going to keep scoring touchdown after touchdown. Unbelievable. The aforementioned Keenan Allen? Oh. Don't make me talk about 14 of 19 fucking targets. Holy shit, 148 yards and a TD all up my ass. Fucking crushed me. But, man, is he back. Four straight games with a touchdown. He does this every year. Kind of dwindles in the beginning. I hate Nation Keenan forget Allen. How good he is. It's the ultimate midseason by low. Because this is two straight years. He's done pretty much nothing to begin the year and then just crushed it and gone on a, a number one wide receiver tear. He's locked in as a top ten play, top seven play rest of season. James White. Carries the ball six times, 26 yards, and just as predicted by yours truly on the Wednesday podcast, lights it up in the passing game in a Super Bowl style. They need to get the dink-dunk game. You don't go at the teeth of the Vikings. Didn't, couldn't have called that one any better. 92 yards uh, in seven tar- nine targets, seven catches. The guy is back as the beastly receiving machine he is. And your boy, Adam Humphreys. How does it get any better? Nine targets, seven catches, 61 in a TD. He is a, I think he's Jameis's top target at this point. It's it's locked in that Winston will probably finish this year out the way he's played. No turnovers in two straight games, which is insane. Maybe the most insane stat to emerge from Sunday is Winston hasn't turned the ball over. And as long as he's under center, Humphreys is an absolute monster. It doesn't look like Deshaun Jackson's coming back anytime soon. You got yourself a locked-in wide receiver, too, with Humphreys rest of the season. All right, let's talk about some fallers. And this is a guy I was really high on like a week or two ago. And I know you were too. And that's Aaron Jones. I didn't, know. Didn't do sucks. much. I mean, you know, is this a product of like the Packers just essentially quitting? Or what? I mean, the, I, the usage was weird. 
I think it's a product of Mike McCarthy being an absolute fucking moron, which is why he got his ass canned, and I'm happy about it. So maybe that's the saving grace, but 39 of the snaps went to Jones, and 38 suddenly out of nowhere go to Jamal Williams after two straight weeks of operating as the clear-cut, no-brainer workhorse, which was obviously the and right Jamal thing to do. Jamal Williams for nine weeks being like a terrible, terrible NFL running back. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and let's check Jamal Williams' stat line real yeah, quick. Yeah, it's not but like he, he Blew us away here. What did he do with his 38 snaps? Seven rushes for a classic Jamal Williams. 13 yards. That's almost Another two, two yards, yards a carry, guys. Carry. Yeah, you almost hit two yards a carry, 1. Jamal, you piece 7, of fucking 1. shit. 8. Let's waste those snaps. Four catches, 14 yards. What do you get? Four, Not even four yards a catch? What a pathetic fucking loser. It like makes me I, mad just talking about it. I know I'm, I'm prone to being in a bad mood because of what's been going on with me in fantasy, but like... Now when I see these stupid coaching decisions, it just makes me really angry. It's absolutely infuriating. And Jones still salvaged his day a little bit with a a late touchdown on the ground. But why in the world, after he's been feasting the way he is, after how much better the offense has been operating with this guy as the clear-cut guy, he didn't fumble, he didn't do anything wrong to warrant a demotion. And even if he did, why the fuck would you put in Jamal Williams? It, it It makes no sense to me. And it's just so clear that Mike McCarthy had to go. I really do think maybe Jones was a reason he got fired. And the only saving grace here is Joe Philbin has raved about um, of Aaron Jones multiple times on the year. Talk He's about how- great. Uh, so maybe Joe Philbin can finally get this team to its senses and ride Jones out the rest of the year. That's my hope. My fingers are crossed that Philbin, he can't be dumber than Mike McCarthy. So maybe there's a saving grace for Jones, and it's a good time if you can still trade to buy low after this pathetic show, because I expect that. But still, how infuriating. Well, see, the, uh, the, uh, the other sideline, David Johnson, same game. Uh, know, what the, what the right fuck, here. man? Uh, what the fuck? Seriously, fucking 20 carries. Okay, some good volume. 69 yards. Not Why don't they j- throw him the ball? Uh, two targets. Two fucking Other targets. Other than Le'Veon Bell? There's, maybe including was- Le'Veon Bell? Who, I mean, you know, they probably caught around the same number of passes this year. Uh, it's um, yeah right. It's unbelievable. Like Byron Leftwich has had a couple moments where he seems to pepper this guy, and, and just, okay, we're getting back into a groove. Only to have two fucking targets, two undrafted. I mean, do you free- remember this guy a couple years ago? He'd have 10, 15 targets a game under Arians, and he'd rip off like 120 receiving and 100 rushing and three touchdowns, and you'd be like, this guy cannot be fucking stopped. And they just, for whatever reason, no matter how pathetic that team is, refuse to use the one talent that could try to carry them out of this hell. And make matters worse, not only is the receiving usage down, but the fucking goal line usage got robbed this week. Chase Edmonds getting two touchdowns from inside the 10-yard line. So even if Johnson didn't get the receiving work you expect your goal line hammer a guy that has been unbelievable at the stripe and in short yardage to get those carries and he doesn't get those for you what a fucking joke what a shitty weekend for guys that owned aaron jones and david johnson for just inexplicable usage and granted yeah edmund's converted but why are you taking out your horse do you really just want to fuck with fantasy owners like what honestly i don't get that justification like who would you rather have going forward treat cohen or david johnson i don't fucking know i made that exact trade i mean i made that trade as you know like three weeks ago and it was a and and, you know and like you liked it all my buddies liked it i liked it after the first week when johnson scored like 37 points since then it's been kind of a wash and now maybe leaning towards cohen if you gun to my head you said who would i like who would i like moving forward next year I think probably Johnson, but I mean, I don't feel great it's about gotta it. It's got to be a better situation. I don't feel year. great about it. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm using the same 
kind of like philosophy that I used that one year uh, with when Brock Osweiler came into Houston, and I was like, well, the quarterback situation for DeAndre Hopkins can't possibly be any worse than it was. And in fact, it was substantially worse. So, I mean, I've been burned with that logic before. I have to assume it'll get better, and I would go with the talent of Johnson. But, man, man, just another data point to piss me off. All right, let's talk about former quarterback ones who are now just struggling. Aaron Rodgers, feel like this is almost redundant because we've talked about the, just the mess that is the Packers so much. Right. But also Cam Newton. I mean, Aaron Rodgers threw the ball 50 times and amassed yeah, 233 right. yards, about four and a half yards in attempt. I mean, what the hell? I almost felt like he wasn't trying, but I'm, I don't know. Who knows? I, it almost did it look like he wanted Mike McCarthy to get fired and he just was like playing it shitty on looked purpose. like that. I don't know. I mean, if you told me Aaron Rodgers threw the ball 50 times, there's no way anyone ever guesses he's <clears throat> under 300 yards. Never mind closer to 200 and only one score on 50 pass attempts. Give me a fucking break. Either Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is just awful and maybe he's just going downhill. He is a pussy. I can totally see him sabotaging his coach like this, like the uh, little snake. This coach is. sucks, man. His coach sucks. I don't I don't blame him for not being on his coach's side, but this was just a pathetic, abysmal effort. And it's been the, that whole way this entire season, whether it's the injury. I'm sure Rodgers is going to come back and say he was never fully healthy because, you know, Aaron Rodgers will never own it, even though he's scrambling all over the fucking place. He's fine. He, he is not. He, I mean, look, personally, uh, uh, no real horse in this race. Uh, he hasn't looked fine to me. I no, mean, no. like he's getting he's getting like caught in the pocket all the time. I mean, he's got elusiveness. It's he, he just, holds ha- on he just has it natural elusiveness, seconds. but he has not looked like Aaron Rodgers to me. Like, I mean, keep in mind, he almost had his leg broken in week one. Like I, we thought he was going to be out for the year. Remember when his he was, knee like was bad the other way? It ended up being nothing, and he just made oh, a big deal. You think that was he's nothing? Because he's got to be hero Aaron Rodgers, of course. Uh, but either way, I mean, at this point, I'd rather have Jameis Winston. I'd rather have uh, most quarterbacks. You mean Rogers this season? Yeah, for the rest. Oh, of course. Yeah, not okay, for, I was not for say, my career. Not, me, man. <laughs> not if I'm starting a franchise. I just mean in fantasy for these next couple of weeks. Give me a Winston. Uh, Rodgers will no longer be ranked in my top ten quarterbacks. Maybe just maybe he sparks it up with uh, Joe Philbin and he gets that offense going and can and get a couple last productive weeks out of you. But Rodgers, man, this is another reason why you don't blow your early money on quarterbacks. Imagine right. if you didn't take Rodgers and you could have had Mahomes in the tenth instead. Your season's probably looking a lot different. But Cam Newton, the other one on that list as you mentioned uh, against the Bucks, the Bucks had three interceptions on the season coming into the year they were down two of their top corners if anybody would have said that to you you'd assume Cam Newton would be putting up 50 fucking fantasy points but no he throws four interceptions goes one more than they had on the entire season and he looks horrible his shoulder clearly is an issue at this point they actually pull him out of the game for the last second Hail Mary which tells you all you need to know this guy is not close to 100% he's been running less because of it and now it's it's clear that shoulder is affecting him as a runner it's affecting him as a thrower and, and they're not using cam newton is and the role that makes him that valuable dominant fantasy qb1 uh, it sucks because his schedule is an absolute joke moving forward but you got to be really nervous about cam if you're going in the playoffs with him as your top guy the only way that i'm taking Jameis winston over aaron Rodgers in anything is if you like we're in a competition, you put on like a big heavy winter coat and you run into a grocery store and see who can come out with the most crab legs stuffed in their pockets. <laughs> that is the only thing that I would ever pick him over. And, and Do you that, play Rodgers in fantasy over Winston right now? Uh, no, not right now. Probably okay. not. Probably not. So I'm just talking about in any sort of football acumen. I mean, Jameis, Jameis is pretty shitty. Uh, um, 
the last two weeks, though, man. He's yeah, he's like put up fantasy out. numbers. He's put up fantasy numbers. Yeah. All right, honorable mentions, rapid fire, same thing we did with the risers. Uh, let's go. Austin Eckler, I didn't believe the hype. Uh, and you've got him characterized here as a worthless handcuff. I know. Everyone's been sitting on him all year. The guy you had to own in case Gordon goes down. And what does he do? Fucking 21 yards, five catches, another 21 yards. Pathetic output, severely outplayed. And means we're going to talk about this guy in a second, Justin Jackson. So keep that name on the radar. But severely outplayed by Justin Jackson, who if Gordon's going to miss more time, and it sounds like Gordon's going to be back sooner than expected, you're probably wanting to have Justin Jackson in your lineup, not Austin Eckler. Thanks for the worthless roster spot. Thanks, Austin. Spencer Ware, we actually (laughs) talked about him for quite a bit at the beginning of the show no need to talk about him again just not the rb1 that a lot of us including myself were expecting coming into the week sony michelle who added himself to the very prestigious list of guys who have fucked me this week uh also uh in the honorable mention faller spot and the one reason I wanted to make sure to mention him, and the only reason maybe you can find a little bit of joy out of this one, Nat, is he's on the followers because of our fucking namesake, our legendary face of the fucking podcast, Devlin. James Devlin, going in for two fullback dives, baby. That's why we're here, plowing into pay dirt for you. James Devlin did it for the Patriots, the MVP of the week for the Pats, and a huge win for my boys. Uh, was a fullback nonetheless, a dying position but one that clearly still has some great gritty tough value that's what we're all about here on the fantasy fullback dive we named ourselves after uh, uh, after devlin and we drew our logo after devlin and the man repaid owners by fucking that by, by fucking my co-host in the ass um, but listen but moving forward it's it is concerning for sony uh you know he's got james devlin has who cares five none, none, of us, none of us that own him are in the playoffs anymore anyway for, so, yeah so three, none of three us touchdowns it. Five carries though for our boy uh, James Devlin. Just sixty percent, not stat. too bad. That's like Will Fuller numbers. Um, yeah. I got to say though, next year, I mean, I, I love our intro and our outro to our podcast that Sound Guy Nate put together a long time ago. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we change it so the the football stuff's got Devlin in it. Uh, next yeah, year. yeah, absolutely. Last but not least on the honorable mention fallers list, uh, rapid fire Matt Breida. What the fuck? Pre-game warm-up injury? We're, we're both so angry on this show. Yeah, this is the most... <laughs> this is a rage-filled show. We should, this is cathartic. We, I, mean, I, think I feel so we much better. We both said fuck episode, like 40 times. Usually I'm like a one or two fuck per episode guy. And we, should, been... we should get a fuck counter. Somebody will make an intern count how many times we both dropped the word fuck on this episode. I guarantee you we're over 100 at this point. A lot like, of times. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, but yeah, Matt Breed, a pre-game injury. Like, what is the fucking deal? with Matt Breida dies every week comes back healthy and then dies again can he just go away like let's let's go away and then nonetheless Jeff Wilson comes in whoever the fuck that is and runs 15 times for 61 yards catches 73 yards and balls out so what is going on in San Fran thanks Breida really appreciate that one yeah I appreciate it all right penny stocks Justin Jackson we just talked about him 23 percent owned uh Wolf says he should have been his top guy last week you know, I mean, he he ended up getting the bulk of like the important carries, at least anyway, in that game last night. Absolutely, and, and so, and when I say should have been the top guy, we I I've been raving about this guy all week. Nobody else seemed to be talking about me and CJ on the show. We're like, how is Justin Jackson only ten percent owned right now? This guy is a fantastic workhorse at Northwestern. He runs all the the runs that Melvin Gordon does, the tosses, the you know zipping zipping up between the tackles. He's that bigger back guy that I think could end up emerging as the goal line back in this valuable goal line offense that's going to be visiting the red zone frequently. 
we were raving about him and nobody else seemed to know about him. And there we go. We see even more so than what I expected. You know, the first week has seven for 57, over eight yards of pop, clearly flashing the explosiveness I love to see. And then this game, only eight carries, but rips off 63 and a touchdown. You got to imagine if Gordon misses any more time, there's a chance he returns, but it, it's going to be against the Bengals. My good God, if Gordon's out there versus the Bengals, get your fucking wet lips ready. You're just going to be a deluge of cum all over the Bengals from Melvin Gordon. But even if not, Justin Jackson will do some serious damage. He'd be a high-end RB2, in my opinion, next week. against it's The matchup is juicy. This guy is talented, and he clearly is executing those runs. That 18-yard touchdown run was just absolutely gorgeous. There's nothing I like better than just a, a gorgeous running back cut, and this guy's got it. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Justin Jackson for any other time Melvin Gordon misses. If you didn't listen to us last week, you're going to have to pay up for him, but I think he's well worth paying up for, especially if you own Melvin Gordon. Dante Pettis, 4% owned. He has gone for three touchdowns over the past two weeks, including a big 27 fantasy point day last week after a 15 fantasy point explosion the week prior with Marquise on made of glass. Good one. Another guy I traded for earlier in the year in another league that I believed in, that son of a fucking bitch. <laughs> and Pierre Garcon, who's out. Thanks, Marquise. Yeah, but Dante and Pettis And my daughter is- just walked into the room, so possibly I'll be cleaning <laughs> stuff up a little bit. We'll see. I don't know. I might not be able to control myself. Yeah, see, Serena's gonna learn some new language tonight. Uh, Serena's heard it all, believe me. <laughs> she probably already learned it all this Sunday. The things uh, that were getting yelled at your TV, way, I bet, way before this Sunday. But anyway, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if if Goodwin and Garcon are gonna keep missing time, Pettis has clearly become Nick Mullins' number one target. Mullins, four hundred eleven yards on the day too, so he's back on track. Uh, yay! But uh, Pettis at one hundred twenty nine, two Mullins touchdowns, back on track. All yeah. right. Well, all your fantasy hopes and dreams were waiting to hear. Uh, but Pettis has really exploded these last couple of weeks. There's tons of preseason hype on this guy. Our boy Grant Cohen was raving about yeah. him, saying if he gets the opportunity, this guy could really explode. And he's suddenly got that opportunity, the top in targets other than Kittle, these last two weeks. He's the clear-cut number one receiver from this point on, unless Garcon and Goodwin finally find a, a penis, which they probably won't. I don't see their balls nope. sprouting anytime soon. Uh, so You're going to be Pettis, waiting a long time if you're waiting for that. Yeah. Guess who's not going to be in the nutcracker set? Either one of those guys. Unless you want to like crack a pre-broken like pistachio or something. I don't even know. Uh, But yeah, Pettis just completely uh, dominant after the catch. He was flashing it all game on both touchdowns, zigging and zagging through the defense. Uh, He's he's a really good talent. I'm really excited about him moving forward. Could be a sneaky stretch run Hail Mary receiver if you're desperate. If you're in the playoffs, you probably don't need Pettis. But if you do need a desperate dart throw upside flex play i really think pettis brings the heat all right ravens running backs we talk about these guys every week kenneth dixon there's a blast from the past huh mm-hmm. speaking of guys that like a year year and a half ago we were like oh man this is gonna this guy's the real deal ty montgomery uh 11 and 13 percent owned respectively penny stocks yeah. here they are absolutely uh dixon uh, our boy scott barrett tweeting out recently and I, I learned two shocking things from this tweet the first was that dixon has played four seasons in the nfl which blows my mind really uh, i think maybe he averages like two two games a season but in those yeah. two games he's averaged like the the Very number effective. two broke, 
broken yards per per attempt or whatever that pro football uh, focus stat is about how many times you you elusive rating and all that stuff. Dixon's always very high up there, even if it's not for a while. Uh, he's here for a good time, not a long time. And you might get two more games out of him this year, and maybe he could blow up. We've talked about that schedule so many times, but it, it holds true. The easiest playoff schedule among running backs. The the Gus Bus is the guy. He had 21 carries, did decent with them, 80-ish yards, but he keeps getting that ankle a little tweaked up. He's on the sideline getting taped up, and maybe that wheel falls off, and suddenly it's the Dixon show with this completely gorgeous shape, uh, slate moving forward at only 13 or 11% owned. That could be a great opportunity for this guy, well worth owning him, as well as Ty Montgomery, up to 55 total yards, uh, his, his new Raven high. He keeps getting more and more usage as the years, years going on. He's only 13% owned. Again, if the Gus Bus wheel falls off, I think both of those guys would see great opportunity in an unbelievable slate of games. Uh, great value for both guys. Much more ownership uh, than 11%, 13% is what they sh- they deserve. Honorable mention, rapid fire, Curtis Samuel, 18% owned. Yeah, six, 11 targets was what, what I really love to see. Uh, and that included with Funchess returning to the lineup, which I thought is the biggest note of that. Is this guy was the biggest target of the day. Hauled in six of them for 88 yards, so not a absurd stat line, but still, an every-down player, even with Funchess returning, was key to note because this guy is very talented. Rashard Penny, 30%. And he ran for seven yard, uh, seven carries, 65 yards, bursting up the middle for a nice explosive touchdown. Carson dinged up his finger. Seems to always have some sort of little ailment going on. And they talked about expanding Penny's role. He didn't disappoint. Could have some nice stretch run value here. All right, three guys we want to talk about real quick as far as injuries go. We had an injury scare with James Conner. I mean, uh, leg contusion, something like that. I mean, I did pick up Jalen Samuel like last week, so he is now sitting on my rot- bench rotting as I don't make the playoffs. <laughs> Absolutely. And same, same with me. I have Samuel sitting and rotting too. But as a reminder, I think we've said this since November 14th. I actually went and tracked down the date. So this is not anything new. And we're getting all these people sending complaints to Yahoo that Jalen Samuels is tight end eligible. Well, why don't you fucking exploit the system? I know. What are you complaining about, you freaking pencil neck geek? Yeah. Pick him up. Fucking loser. Uh, You should have had him on your team five weeks ago if you were listening to the full bag dive. And if you do, it's not looking like it's going to be anything immediate yet because, Connor, it's not considered major at all, according to Ian Rappaport. So it sounds like he'll be back out there against the Raiders, a great matchup for Connor if he's there. But this is a, a couple weeks in a row now. He's been knocked out of the game, hasn't been able to finish it. And it, maybe you get a game or two out of Samuels down the stretch. A tight end to have the Steelers' workhorse would be unbelievable. So just, again, another kind of public service announcement that Samuels is tight end eligible and it's cuffing season, folks. Yeah. you got to get your Samuels is tight end after. eligible. We better call someone and do something about it. Well, yeah, let's write an exempt letter to the commissioner. <laughs> this know, is an embarrassment. This, this league has no more integrity if Yahoo can't fix this. That's literally what the fucking letter said. What a fucking nerd loser. You kidding me? No, I'm not kidding oh. you. This is the type of people that we have to deal with. Yeah, fucking AJ Green. Nerds. And man, I don't know if you actually saw this injury, but it was just like he might as well have been dressed in full scarecrow attire when he did oh. this. I, when he went down, I was just like, yeah, he... He is the biggest scarecrow. And we called that, by the way. Mm-hmm. We said it yeah. was a possibility. Yeah, I mean, this is a little more than a scarecrow. But, I mean, the guy literally is at the line of scrimmage, and then he just kind of lay down on the ground. And you're like, oh, God. And <laughs> it's just like Marvin Lewis. What the fuck you do? Why is he even out there? It's Why a did you put season. him out there? It's like when it's you a- said, you said, like, they're not going to, like, you know, 
you know, whatever, they'll let him go out. And I said, like, why would you put him out there at all? Exactly. And in fact, like, he shouldn't have been put out there at all. And I think that was our whole justification for, like, can you play him? Sure. Marvin Lewis wouldn't be that dumb, right, to roll this guy out if he was, you know, very far off from 100, a real big risk of re-aggravating it. Why would they play him in a lost season? We kind of justified, and I think right in my mind it makes sense, except for the fact that Marvin Lewis is that dumb. Marvin Lewis is that stupid. We should have realized that. to be that that. dumb, you'd have to have coached the same team for, like, 12 to 15 years and never won a playoff game. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. What a loser. But, yeah, you got to assume Green. Uh, actually, maybe you can't with a dumb t- guy like Marvin Lewis. Uh, I imagine Green Season is done, though. That's the last we've seen of him. And as we mentioned, yeah. Boyd has actually been playing decent without Green in the lineup. That wasn't the case for a couple weeks. But Driscoll really has that connection with him. Uh, so his his stock arrow is up. Green is going to be done for your fantasy playoffs. Hopefully you can find some backup options like Curtis Samuel or some of these other guys we talked about in the penny stocks. Speaking of done for the year, Greg Olson. Speaking of guys that play two or three games a year now. Foot injury, same old, same old, right? I, you got to th- imagine this guy's career is over. At least you, you kind of hope so for him. I don't want to keep seeing this guy get knocked out and carted off year in and year out and have to deal with another surgery. He's got a great career. He was an Iron Man for so long. He was. But at this point, it, you know, at this point, it's clear his body has taken enough hits. And he, he's old. He's up there. So I imagine this is going to be the last we've seen of Greg Olson. Great career. I'd love to pull one up. You think this up. is literally right. it for him? You think, I, I you do. Th- I think this. I think third leg Greg is uh, will recognize that I don't need to keep doing this. Because I was going to ask you who you thought was going to stay around the league longer, him or Gronk? I think Gronk has at least one or two more, and I think Olsen's going to be done. In Olsen's absence, Ian Thomas saw five targets, but, I mean, come on. If you're depending on Ian Thomas in your fantasy playoffs, you got a lot worse problems than, than, than this. Right. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up. We do want to just quick reminder of cuffing season, although, like, if you've been listening to the show, and we know you have, if you've made it to 43 minutes through this fuck fest that we've been throwing around, <laughs> throwing around right here. <laughs> Uh, then good then good for you. Uh, Serena's horrified face in the corner. Yeah, she doesn't give a shit. Um, but I mean, uh, I mean, if you've been listening to us, the, the, a lot of the handcuffs out there are just worthless. I mean, so it's cuffing season, but don't don't like lose anything, you know, too serious to pick up Austin Eckler or even Spencer Ware, that dumbass these days. Because I mean, yeah. it's just it's a bad scene, but it is cuffing season, nevertheless. Well, I, I do think Malcolm Brown uh, for the, the Rams is well worth owning, especially if you're a girly guy. They could rest their starters at some point. And he's looked good in limited action. That offense is always so explosive. I think he's one of the few, obviously, for the millionth time, Jalen Samuels, tight end eligible, one guy worth looking at. And Royce Freeman, actually one that I would – and that's the difference between Freeman and some of these other guys, as you mentioned, that is I think Freeman is talented. He has looked yeah, good. Yeah, I agree. He's been okay. carries. Uh, He's great at the goal line. So I really think Freeman would be a true difference maker if he has to step up on that schedule behind a line that's really taken forward. Uh, if Lindsay ever, if anything ever happens to Lindsay, he's one of the few running backs uh, frequently cut that I would now be looking to pick up. All right. You got any social media you want to pump up before we get out of here? This debacle of a show, this debacle of a season, this, you know, every, by the way, we've done pretty well this year. I'm just really angry right now. 
I, as as a site, we've done fantastic, but for whatever reason, it seems to always come at the the uh, sacrifice of my own teams. But I guess that's what you gotta you gotta accept for a little while at least. But yeah, if you want to fucking follow my fucking account, just to throw a few more in there, if we haven't hit a hundred yet, uh, it's at Roto Street Wolf on Twitter, at Roto Street Wolf on Snapchat as well. Uh, you can find our main page, RotoStreetJournal.com. This is of course the fantasy fucking fullback dive, baby. Uh, give us a subscribe, give us a like, let us know. Uh, and hopefully you're not too offended by all the F-bombs we've been throwing around tonight and you come back for a few more lead blocks. You only got three more weeks if you're into the big show. We've got to get to that title. It doesn't matter if you make the dance if you don't take it all down and we will do everything we can to help you get there just like James Devlin did for Nat. Uh, we'll make sure that we pulverize your Just opponent. to be clear, if Sonny <laughs> Michelle had scored both those touchdowns, I still would have lost. So it's, uh, it's, like, it's not like I blame him. Everybody let me down. Yeah. Uh, right. That sucks, but My, but best yeah we we will bounce back and you will keep pop, pop, plowing your way into the pay dirt for fantasy playoffs, baby. Let's do it. Yeah. My name is Nat the Truth Jones, and I'm the Wolf. See you guys later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh oh oh, and wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go. But at least we stole the show 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 Old-fashioned football right there, folks.